Hello and welcome to Unhinged Comfort TV Podcast. I'm your host, Elise, and welcome back. This is episode five. Here we are, five episodes in. I was just telling somebody today that I'm not really great at sticking to things and like being really on it for a long period of time. And so I was saying I have gotten four episodes out in four weeks and that to me seems like a huge accomplishment. And now this is number five. So I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Congrats to me. How are you all doing this week? I feel like this has been a long week. I've been tired and I feel like everyone I've encountered has said the same thing. I don't know what's going on, but anywho, I did notice that last week's episode, I do like edit the episodes a little bit. I don't edit a lot, but I do listen to it again and take out some long pauses or uh, sometimes I just like fumble over stuff and like re-say it. So anyway, I go through it. And when I listened to it, to edit it last week, it sounded it sounded okay. But then after I released it and played a clip of it, I realized how lispy or um, speech impediment-like it sounded. And the reason for that is because I got Invisalign last week. And so I was wearing them during my recording. And um, yeah, I can see how that was could have been a little bit annoying because it does cause me to have a little bit of like almost a lispy kind of thing with some of the some of my words. So I did take those out this week. I am not wearing them. I had braces as a kid. I had a lot of dental work done as a kid. And apparently the way they used to do that really wasn't the best way. And part of the reason my bite is all off and I have TMJ and all that good stuff is from all the orthodontia I received. So um, this Invisalign is going to hopefully get my teeth back to where they're supposed to be. And actually, I'm only, you know, a little over a week in, but I already feel like for whatever reason, it's like helped my TMJ. Maybe, maybe you don't care about my TMJ, but anyway, uh, if you noticed that some of or a lot of the audio, most of the audio, all of the audio last week sounded a little impediment-y, especially probably the S and P sounds, that kind of thing. I apologize for that, but I did remove them for this recording. So what am I talking about this week? I had a hard time deciding, and I don't really know why that is, because I watch TV every day, so it should come pretty easily to me what I'm feeling, but um, I had a little bit of a hard time choosing, and then it came to me, and I'm like, I literally watch this almost every day. On Hulu Live TV, there is a channel called Cozy TV, and they play like a lot of older shows. Um, So think like Frasier, think like The Nanny. But they also play this show, and they play two episodes every evening at 10 o'clock. So depending on what else I'm doing, sometimes I just head on over there and watch two episodes of this show. So what is it? The suspense is killing you, I know. It is the classic sitcom 
Roseanne. Now, the only reason I would sort of qualify this as an unhinged comfort watch is because, well, there's a couple reasons. As far as sitcoms go, usually for the time, sitcoms were like an uplifting family sort of thing. I would directly compare this to like Full House almost or like The Cosby Show, even though I don't, let's not go there, but um, where the episodes kind of everything turns out okay at the end and they don't have any like huge problems, right? And it's like aspirational and like, yeah, it's just, but it's a very like sugar-coated version of family life. And so in the world of family sitcoms, Roseanne is a unhinged family. Like that is what they are. Um, Aside from that, Roseanne herself, the actual person, is an unhinged human being. Don't get me wrong. I really like the early Roseanne um, stand-up. I think she's a really good comedian. But in the later years, she's kind of like gone off the wild deep end there. Um, I do know a little bit about Roseanne, and I know that she suffered a traumatic brain injury when I believe she was like 18 years old. She was hit by a car and had to like relearn how to walk and talk, and um, everyone like close to her family and everything said that she was a significantly different person, and like her behavior and her attitude and like her inhibitions and all of that were really affected by this traumatic brain injury. And she's kind of like talked about that extensively. So I don't think that's an excuse for like racist or bad behavior. But I just think that with great genius comes kind of great madness. Isn't that usually how it goes? Uh, Some of like the funniest or most brilliant people out there um, like in history were a little bit tormented and unhinged essentially. So it's like a fine line there. So again, I, she's, been pretty problematic here in the last few years and that's why she was kicked off her own show that got rebooted but the original Roseanne sitcom to me is probably my favorite sitcom ever and probably it's one of my favorite shows I think even now when I rewatch it it's still funny to me I still feel like it's relevant like yeah part of parts of it are dated The first season aired in 1988, which is the year I was born. So um, that was a very long time ago. And some of it is dated, but the sentiment, I think, is still really relatable. So yeah, uh, as you can tell, I am a Roseanne fan. I really love Roseanne. It's something, it's a show that I literally would watch whenever. You know, you get into some of the later seasons. I think there's nine seasons. You know, season eight, season nine, they really go off the deep end. Like she just was throwing whatever ideas out there and they didn't really make sense, but still funny, you know, kind of went in a different direction. But especially the first, oh, I don't know, six seasons, (laughs) really rewatchable for me. I like the characters a lot. I find Roseanne to be very funny. And maybe I wouldn't have put my family in the same position as the Connors necessarily. I don't ever remember the electricity going out or things like that, but we certainly were not um, a rich family by any means. The Connors house um, looked like houses I had been to. The Connor kids were like kids that I grew up with. Yeah, I just, I feel like my mom is sort of like 
the Roseanne character in that she kind of would tell it like it is and yelled at her kids. She was a normal mom. She wasn't like a Stepford wife mother. So anyway, yeah, I have a very high regard for um, the show Roseanne. And when I was choosing an episode, that's a hard one too, because there's so many good ones, like so many. And this is another show that like was really provocative probably for the time and like broke some boundaries. There's an episode about Becky going on birth control, an episode where Roseanne is introduced they go to like um, a gay bar and a, a woman kisses her and um, they have a friend that comes out as a lesbian. There's other gay characters. Uh, Roseanne just really was very progressive back in the time, back in the 80s and early 90s and just really like pushed the envelope a little bit, but for for the best, I feel like. So when I was choosing an episode, one of the first ones that came to mind for me is the Home Ec episode. And that is where Roseanne goes to Darlene's home ec class and she's like, well, what are you learning here? And they're like, oh, to like sew our own clothes. She's like, well, that's not home ec. So she takes the kids to the supermarket and has them like make a meal on a budget. And it's just so clever and very funny, but really like I wish that somebody would have done like a budgeting type deal for me when I was in high school. I'm pretty sure sewing a pair of boxer shorts hasn't helped me much in my adult life. Uh, not really in a position where I'm making my own clothing, but okay. But I didn't choose that episode. I went back to season two, episode one, and this one is a true classic for me. It is called Inherit the Wind, and this is an episode that... My brother and I would quote a lot together and is just very, very funny. Like this is early Roseanne um, and it's a very simple concept, but it's so like who can't kind of relate to being super embarrassed? I'm not going to spoil it for you what happens, but um, essentially it's a story about being embarrassed and like what's not relatable about that and like how do you talk to your kids and like console them <laughs> um when something seemingly devastating happens so yeah this is roseanne season two episode one inherit the wind this aired in september of 1989 and like i said i was born in 1988 so uh no i probably was not watching this when it aired but whenever this went into like syndication when it was like on other channels I was consuming this all the time. This was totally my favorite. Of course, you get the classic theme song where they're like going around the table uh, and they're like getting pizza and you just like see each character. It's like almost like the camera's in the middle of the table and is just sort of spinning around to see everyone and it ends in that iconic Roseanne laugh like, ah, <laughs> and then we open up on like this iconic little shot of street signs it's the corner you know the street signs third ave and delaware street and the connors live on delaware street in a fictional town called landford illinois and i guess i should give a little rundown if you're not familiar with roseanne this is um it's a family um the mom is roseanne the dad is played by roseanne Barr, um and the dad is his name is dan and he is played by dan goodman 
They have three kids, Becky, Darlene, and DJ. And Becky is probably like, I guess in this episode, she might be like a freshman in high school, which would put Darlene uh, probably in like early middle school. And DJ's he's young. He's probably uh, maybe like third grade. Becky is played by Lacey Gorenson. Darlene is played by Sarah Gilbert. And DJ is played by Michael Fishman. So yeah, it centers around this family. We are in the Connor's kitchen and we see Becky. She's asking, does my hair look okay? Do I look okay? And her hair is in like this very tight French braid, uh, but with the big bangs. It's very, very late 80s. And Roseanne says, yeah, I guess so. We're only having hamburgers. Like, what's the occasion? Becky says, it makes me look older, don't you think? Jimmy's a junior. And Darlene's like, who's Jimmy? And Becky's like, you don't know him. He's in high school. So Becky goes to the table and she like sits down and she starts talking to Dan. She's like, Jimmy Maltrigger is a, is the varsity quarterback. And Dan's like, well, tell him not to take a snap on the first date. <laughs> and Roseanne's cooking at the stove and she turns around. She's like, Dan. He's like, I'm just trying to get her ready for game time. And Roseanne's like, hmm, well, when is this game time, by the way? And Becky says, it's tomorrow night. He's going to pick me up here. And Roseanne's like, opposed to where? Motel 6? Like, <laughs> of course he's going to pick you up here. So Becky goes into the laundry room and Darlene follows her in there. And Becky's like digging some clothes out of the dryer. And Darlene's like, why don't you wear your blue sweater outfit? It looks really good on you. Like, they fight all the time. So this is an actual, like, sincere moment when Darlene's being nice. And Becky can't take it, so being the little the bitchy older sister, she's like, I might, but if I do, it won't be because of you. And Darlene's like, fine, I was just trying to help. Becky's like, well, just don't. And Darlene says, fine, wear one of your dorky big butt outfits. <laughs> so then the doorbell's ringing, and we cut out into the kitchen, and Roseanne's on the phone, and she's trying to sell magazines. At this point in time, she's currently working from home for like a magazine discount house. And she calls people up on the phone and tries to sell them magazine subscriptions. So at the end of season one, she ends up quitting her factory job um, because their boss is just kind of like a tyrant and like a terrible person, really. Raises their quotas and raises their quotas and treats them like crap and... Um, so her and a bunch of the other ladies at the factory end up quitting. So in season two, she has many different jobs. Like she's going from job to job and it's so relatable. Like she has these jobs that like she's selling magazines. And, um, at one point she's the front desk at a salon or she's working at like a fast food place. She takes like temp positions. She ends up working in like a diner. So She's just getting work wherever she can to support her family. So she's on the phone and she's trying to sell magazines and she's in the kitchen because she's using a phone that has a cord, <laughs> a very long cord, but a, a, a cord, one of those curly cords attached to the wall. So she can't leave the kitchen. So while she's trying to talk to this person on the phone, Dan is yelling to Darlene to get the door and then Darlene's like yelling back, but they're like on either side of Roseanne. So she's having to yell to like talk to these people on the phone. So finally, DJ answers the door and it's Roseanne's friend, Crystal. And then, and Crystal is played by Natalie West. 
she comes in with this garment bag and Roseanne hangs up the phone and comes to the living room and says, oh, did you get the dress? And Crystal says that she went through her cousin Beverly's closet and found a treasure. And then she says, tomorrow night, Roseanne, you'll be the belle of the ball. And she whips out this horrible pink dress with puffy sleeves and puffy yellow flowers attached to it. It's like tiered the skirt. It's awful. Roseanne tells her she'd rather wear the bag. <laughs> and Crystal is like, what's wrong with it? And Roseanne's like, if you stick a couple candles in my nose, I'll look like a birthday cake. Thanks anyway, Crystal. So Roseanne goes back in the kitchen and she yells to Dan that he better just go by himself. And he says, no way, babe, you gotta go. It's the grand opening and I drive drywalled this bank for you. He's like kind of joking around. And Roseanne's like, well, why didn't you drywall some dress shop for me? And Dan's like, oh, well, come on. There'll be free champagne, a live band, all the shrimp you can eat. And yes, me. What more could you want? And Roseanne's like, I want a new dress. Why don't you have any money? <laughs> and Dan's like, well, I did, but I blew it all on tube socks for DJ. Damn, I hate myself. And he's like pretending to cry. <laughs> and so Crystal pops in and says, well, I know where you can borrow a really nice dress but you have to be open. And Roseanne's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Crystal's like, well, when I say her name, you have to promise you won't scream. Roseanne's like, okay. And so Crystal says, Edna DeBelco. <laughs> and Roseanne's like, ah, <laughs> screams. And Dan says, who's Edna DeBelco? And as soon as Roseanne hears the name again, she screams, ah. And Crystal's like, she's really a wonderful person, Dan. Roseanne's just screaming because she thinks she's a whining, complaining, sniveling clutch. And Roseanne corrects her and says, kvetch, which is like a Yiddish term for basically a whining, complaining person. So then Roseanne holds up the terrible, awful dress that Crystal brought and asks Becky what she thinks. And Becky says, stick a few candles in it and make a wish. So we cut to the next day and everyone is like getting ready for school. Um, they're eating breakfast and Roseanne's sitting at the table doing some invoices for her magazine work. And um, we see the family, they're all in the kitchen. And Becky enters and she's wearing a pink floral skirt with like big flowers. It's a big floral print. It has a tiny little skinny pink belt and then this like bright blue cyan sort of color three-quarter sleeve shirt that's tucked into the skirt. She's got her hair back in that French braid with the bangs, and she's wearing high, like, scrunchy socks. <laughs> if you know, you know. And white high tops. Yep. So Dan's like, hold it. Could this woman be my little Becky? And Becky's, like, smiling and blushing. Like, it's really sweet. Like, oh, Dad. And then enters Darlene, who says, not Oliver. If I were you, I'd check upstairs for some missing Kleenex. Becky's mouth just like hangs open like, I can't believe you said that. And Dan just looks like uncomfortable like, huh? And Becky says, Darlene, you have such a big mouth. Which implies that she actually was stuffing her bra. And Darlene fires back and says, and you have such a small chest. And Becky says, at least I have a chest. And Darlene says, at least I'm not a drooling 
boy crazy nymphomaniac. <laughs> and Roseanne then chimes in and is like, hey, leave me out of this. But she's like not even looking up. She's just doing her invoices and like kind of ignoring these girls. And then Becky says, uh, you're just jealous because I have a date. And then as Darlene walks out of the room, she says, and a two-ply chest. So then Becky comes over to the table and asks Dan and Roseanne, like, do I look okay? How does this skirt look with the sweater? And Dan looks at him, looks at her and is like, good. And Roseanne's like, just fine. And Becky's like, are you sure? Are you sure? It looks okay, right? Like, this is fine? And Roseanne's like, will you relax? Your date's not even till tonight. Like, chill. And Becky says, well, I'm giving my report in front of the whole student council today. And Jimmy Maltrigger is the head of my committee. And then she, like, looks at Roseanne. She's like, do I really look okay, Mom? And Roseanne's like, yes. Like, you look great. So she leaves her school. And Dan's about to leave for work. And Roseanne says that, like, reminds him to pick up his tux. And he says, don't worry about me. What are you going to wear? And she says... In the immortal words of Dan Connor on his wedding day, Babe, I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear. <laughs> and Dan says, Well, whatever it is, I'm sure you'll look as terrific as I did. And they kiss goodbye and Dan is off to work. Roseanne goes back into the kitchen and picks up the phone and starts like hesitant, hesitantly dialing a number. And then she says, Hi, Edna. <laughs> the person she didn't want to call. So we cut to later that afternoon, and Roseanne is still on the phone. She's selling magazines, and we hear her saying, this is Vanessa from the magazine Discount House. And she, like, does her whole speech, and then, it, like, she barely gets the speech out, and she's like, yeah, well, same to you. <laughs> I imagine she gets uh, hung up on a lot. So right after she hangs up the phone, um, it starts ringing, and it's Edna. And she's like, hi, Edna, and Dan's in the background. He's like, ah, like <laughs> mimicking or mocking what Roseanne was doing. So Edna's like, how's the dress? And Roseanne's like, oh, it's great. It fits perfectly. And then you can see that like Edna is talking, 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 talking. So Roseanne walks over to Dan and like pulls his hair really hard. So he's like, ow. She's like, oh, Dan hurt himself, Edna. I gotta go. <laughs> she hangs up. So just then, Becky, like, busts in and is sulking through the house, and she looks distraught. And Roseanne's like, hey, I thought you had pep squad today. And Becky says this iconic line. She's like, I'm quitting pep squad. I'm quitting school. I'm never going back, and if anyone calls me, tell them I'm dead. And she runs upstairs. Wow, very dramatic. And... Dan's like, oh, must be serious. She's not taking phone calls. So then Darlene comes into the house and she rushes through and says, where is she? Where is my sister? And Roseanne's like, she went upstairs. And Darlene says, aha, I'll nail her on her own turf. <laughs> Darlene is probably one of my favorite characters. I love Darlene. She's just like a sarcastic little shit. I love it. So Roseanne stops Darlene and is like, you're not nailing nobody. What happened? So <laughs> Darlene's like, I've been waiting for something like this since I was two. And Roseanne's like, you passed a test. And Dan's like, enlighten us. Like, Come on. So Darlene goes into this whole thing and she says, I'll be glad to. Now this is according to Cheryl Brewer, 
whose older sister not only goes to Lanford High, but is also on the student council and had a ringside seat for the event of the century. And Roseanne says, get to the point, Edna. (laughs) I love that so much. So then this, like, monologue of Darlene, I this whole part, Darlene says, okay, this is great. Okay, here it goes. Hotshot Becky is standing up to give her speech in front of all her snotty high school friends. Georgina Wellen, Linda Fairman, Diane the Schnoz Borelli, and Mr. Perfect, Jimmy Maltrigger. There she is, all dressed up, trying to look so cool with her hair perfect that she's been 45 minutes on in the bathroom. Dan interrupts her and is like, Darlene, get to it. And Darlene says, just as she completes the line, I'd like to thank the student council for allowing me to speak my mind. It happened. And Roseanne's like, what happened? And Darlene says, Becky cut the cheese. (laughs) And Dan and Roseanne just like stare at her like shocked, like that's not what we were expecting. And Darlene says, people are already calling her Connor the Bomber. (laughs) And Dan's like, Darlene, give it a rest. Roseanne's like, oh, poor Becky. And Darlene says, she should be proud. Becky Connor, the only woman to break the sound barrier without a plane. (laughs) Dan Dan says, you know this could have happened to you. And Darlene says... Oh, I'm going to go upstairs and just see how Becky's day went. And Roseanne's like, oh, no. I think you're going to go in the kitchen and fix yourself a snack. And Darlene's like, well, I'm not hungry. And she's like, well, go in there and stay there until you are. <laughs> so Darlene goes in the kitchen and Roseanne's like, well, now what? And Dan is just like trying his hardest to not laugh out loud, but he like can't help it. And Roseanne says, shut up, Dan. And he's like, what? And she's like, this isn't funny. This is totally serious. And Dan's like, mm-hmm. Why don't you go upstairs and talk to her? And Roseanne's like, because I figured this is your area of expertise. <laughs> and Dan's like, okay, okay, okay. So he gets up and he walks towards the stairs. And he, like, puts his first foot, like, his foot on the first stair. And he just busts out laughing. And he... Walks back and he's like, I didn't make it. (laughs) And so Roseanne goes upstairs and she's like in Becky's doorway. And she goes, I heard you laid down the law. And Becky just like looks defeated. And she's like, who told you? And Roseanne's like, it was on the news. (laughs) She's like, Darlene told me. And Becky's like, great. And so Roseanne's like, oh, honey, accidents happen. And Becky's like, well, this one happened in front of the whole student council. Everybody heard it. Jimmy Maltrigger heard it. And Roseanne's like, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, Becky's like, I don't want to talk about this, okay? And so Roseanne asks, like, what about your day with Jimmy? And Becky's like, what do you think? Like, absolutely not. And so then Roseanne's like, you know, when I was in high school, I kept this diary. And Becky's like, I've heard the diary story. Roseanne's like, well, yeah, but I made some revisions. 
So, okay, in this diary, I had written down my innermost secrets, all my fantasies and love poems and all that really embarrassing crap. And Becky's like, I know. And some guy stole it. And Roseanne's like, yeah, and read it to the whole school. I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. It was the worst thing I've ever lived through. But you know, to this day, I don't even remember that guy's name. And Becky looks right at her so pissed and is like, Barry Watnick. His name was Barry Watnick. Every time you tell that story, you say, I can remember it like it was yesterday. That creep Barry Watnick stole my diary. <laughs> nice try. So back downstairs, Crystal's over and Jackie's there too. Jackie's Roseanne's sister, played by Lori Metcalf. So Crystal comes in. She's like, Lonnie told me about Becky's unfortunate accident. I'm so sorry. And Roseanne's like, yeah, we're thinking about having her put to sleep. <laughs> like, what else are we going to do? And Crystal's like, I brought Becky a card. And Roseanne's like, well, how thoughtful and strange. <laughs> and Crystal's like, well, I got to drop Lonnie off at the Y. Then I'll be back to do your makeup. I'm like, all right, see ya. Roseanne says to Jackie, you know, they say they make a card for everything. What do you want to bet? And she's like, I'll be damned. <laughs> like saying like, oh, there's girls like, sorry, you farted in front of a group of people. So Becky comes downstairs like in her sweats and Dan's like, hi, sweetheart. Here's the remote. And like Becky's just like trying to watch TV and like ignoring him. And Roseanne is like, come on, Dan. And like trying to keep him from bothering Becky. And Dan's like, why don't you want me to talk to Becky? <laughs> Roseanne's like, she's already close enough to the edge. <laughs> she doesn't need you. So then Jackie starts laughing and Roseanne's like, what's so funny? And Jackie's like, oh, I'm just remembering the time when you dove into the Ivy Street pool and came up. You had a whole conversation with Henry Jarecki with your left buoy bobbing on the surf. <laughs> and Roseanne's like, that never happened. And Jackie's like, you don't remember that? Henry Jarecki spent the rest of the summer riding his bike around our driveway. <laughs> and Roseanne's like, that never happened, Jackie. If that would have happened, I would have been more popular in high school. And Jackie's like, oh yeah, it was the 4th of July weekend. You had on that Stars and Stripes bathing suit because you said it reminded you of Peter Fonda's helmet and Easy Rider. And when you came up, half the country had disappeared. And Roseanne's like, oh my god, I had completely forgotten about that. Come on. So they like go up to Becky's room and Roseanne's like, go ahead, tell her. And Jackie's like, Becky, I heard what happened to you at school today. And Becky's face is just like squashed up like, oh my fucking god, like how many people are you going to tell about this? God. And Jackie's like, I just wanted to tell you that it reminded me of the time when your mom dove into a public pool and came up with half her bathing suit off. And Becky's like, which half? Roseanne says, the northern states. And she's like, I was so crushed. I didn't even go back to that pool for the rest of the summer. And Becky's like, what's your point? And Roseanne's like, well, the point is that when it happened to me, I was so humiliated. I thought I'd never get over it, you know? But until just now, I had completely forgotten about it. And Becky turns to Jackie and is like, and you remembered it? And Jackie's like, oh, yeah, like it was yesterday. That was the talk of the town. <laughs> I ran into Harry Ger Henry Jarecki just the other day at the hardware store. He asked me if you were going to be joining the pool again this summer. Then he made that face, and it's like the wow face. 
And Becky, hearing this, like, shoves her face into the pillow because that did not make her feel any better. So then we're downstairs and uh, Roseanne comes out, like, all dressed up um, for this uh, grand opening of this bank that they're going to. And Dan sings, here she is, Miss America. And Jackie says, Miss Connor hails from Lanford, Illinois. Her goal is to achieve peace on Earth, and her hobbies include windsurfing and satisfying her man. <laughs> and then Darlene is like, you look great, Mom. And Roseanne's like, thanks. Um, and then she's like, come on, DJ, let's go get your PJs on. So then the doorbell rings, and Darlene's like, I'll get it if I can come out of the kitchen. And Roseanne's like, if you come out of the kitchen, you're going to get it. And Darlene's like, ooh, notice me tremble. So the doorbell's ringing, and it's Jimmy. And Roseanne answers it, and she's like, he says, Jimmy says, hi, I'm here to pick up Becky. And Roseanne's like, oh, hi, you must be Jimmy. Come on in. And Jimmy's like, thanks, nice house. And Roseanne's like, guess you don't get out much. <laughs> she's like, well, Becky's upstairs. Can I get you something to drink? And he's like, no, I'm good. And then he sees Darlene, and he's like, you must be Darlene. She's like, why? And Jimmy's like, your sister was right. You're pretty cute. And Darlene's like, Becky said that? And then Darlene, like, gets all timid. And is like, you sure you don't want something to drink? He's like, no, I'm good. So Darlene says, well, if you do want anything, I'll be in the kitchen for the rest of my life. And Roseanne's like, I'll go tell Becky you're here. So, like, have a seat. Dan comes out and he's like, Ms. Moneypenny, I've spoken to Q. We've deposited the microfilm in the vault in Zurich. And Roseanne's like trying to get up the stairs and he's like, move. And Dan's like, right. So he turns to Jimmy and he's like, Becky tells me you're a quarterback. And Jimmy's like, uh, no, I'm a cornerback. And Dan's like, oh, I feel much safer knowing my daughter's going out with a defensive player. And then Jimmy's like, you know, I, uh, I see your picture in the trophy case at school. The Illinois Regionals, they say you're one of the best linemen ever to play for Lamford. Dan's like, Jimmy, are you saying all this to get on my good side? And Jimmy's like, yes, I am. And Dan's like, it's working. <laughs> so, Jimbo, tell me a little more about yourself. Like, for example, why you idolize me. So then Rosanna's upstairs and she goes into Becky's room and she's like, hey, Jimmy Maltrigger's downstairs waiting for you. And Becky looks up and she goes, oh, my God. She's like shook. And Roseanne said, uh, Roseanne says, that's what I said. Ooh, he ain't bad. <laughs> and Becky's like, I can't believe it. He's here. Oh my God, what is he doing here? And Roseanne's like, well, right now he's charming the rented pants off your father. And Becky's like, Mom, look, I can't see him. Like, tell him I'm sick. And Roseanne's like, Becky, get off it already. It wasn't such a terrible thing that happened. The proof is that Jimmy's downstairs waiting for you. And Becky's like, he's just keeping the date to be nice. Roseanne's like, oh, and what a rotten character trait that is. And Becky's like, mom, I'm going to run into everyone I know. And Roseanne asks Becky what she's afraid of. She's like, they were laughing at me, mom. Come on. And Roseanne says, look, so you made a little boombie in front of everybody. You're just upset because you don't like to do anything unless you've got it written down on a pad beforehand. Hey, what happened is just one of those spontaneous little surprises that life is full of. And fortunately, no one was hurt. <laughs> Which makes Becky smile. 
And Roseanne's like, and you better get used to it because I'm telling you, life is full of boombies. Now, why don't you get downstairs before Aunt Jackie runs off with your date? And Peggy's like, Mom. And Roseanne's like, you're not going to do it again, are you? (laughs) Which makes Peggy laugh. And she's like, no. I just wanted to tell you you look real nice. And Roseanne's like, yeah, I do, don't I? So they go downstairs and Roseanne's like, hey, look at that. They've bonded. Isn't that cute? And Jimmy's like, hey, Becky, how you doing? Becky's like, hi, Jimmy. Roseanne's like, come on, Dan, we're going to be late. Like, let's go. And Dan's like, uh, and if you don't have her home by midnight, I'll clothesline you. And so Roseanne like says they say goodbye and they leave. So Becky says to Jimmy, I wasn't sure you'd show up. And Jimmy's like, I wasn't sure you'd be up for going out. Becky's like, well, I am. And she's still like in her Like, she had the perfect outfit picked out, and now she's in her sweats, and she's going to go out for pizza in her sweats. So as they're, like, walking out the door, um, Becky says, so listen, everything else aside, what do you think of, what did you think of my speech? And then it ends there. Um, As you can tell, like, I laughed my way through this episode. I just find the wit, the sarcasm, the jokes so funny. This is great, great comedy to me. And I think I said in a previous episode, who doesn't love like a fart joke? I mean, I just love the way that Darlene like has all the details. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just great. Um, there's so much I love about this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. This is this was a fun one. I enjoyed. I always enjoy watching it, but I definitely enjoyed. Um, doing this little recap here, I feel like some of these lines in here play rent-free in my head. Um, any time anyone is taking too long to get to the point or um, it's just being slow in general, I think or say to myself, get to the point, Edna. Like, <laughs> I can get there. Um, I love how dramatic Becky is when she's like, if anyone called me, tell them I'm dead. It's just so great. Anyway, yeah, so that's all I've got for this week. This is a little shorter episode than normal, but, um, hey, this is what I have for you. What I've got, you know, 40-ish minutes out of um, a 22-minute episode, so boo, gotcha. If you would like to support this podcast and what I've got going on here, the best way you can do that is to subscribe on wherever you're listening to this subscribe to the podcast there or um and or leave a review that's very helpful to me and keeps on pushing it out there that's a big support and um, a big help to me as always you can come on over to my instagram at unhinged comfort tv pod or you can hit me up on an in you know old-fashioned email at unhingedcomforttvpod at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Until next time, see ya.